Hi, I'm Manika Raman-Wilms, and you're listening to The Decibel from The Globe and Mail. That's the median amount that pay packages for CEOs grew in 2021 when it comes to Canada's 100 largest companies on the Toronto Stock Exchange. That increase is compared to the previous year. In dollar terms, that means the median pay package was just over $9 million. By comparison, the wage growth for the average Canadian was only 2.7%, according to an analysis by the Canadian Centre for Policy Alternatives. You know, it's as if things have gone back to normal for the hourly workers, but the CEOs have reaped the rewards of their increased profits. The world of executive pay is complicated. So the Globe's institutional investment reporter, David Milstead, is going to guide us through it. This is the decibel. David, thank you so much for being on the show. Oh, it's great to be here. Thank you so much for having me. I think this is your first time on the decibel. Is that right? That is correct. It is. Wonderful. I'm glad we finally got to have you on here then. So David, you actually crunched the numbers to figure out that that 23% number that we talked about in the intro. And some of these pay packages are huge sums in dollar terms. So just to take the top paid CEO, Philip Thayer of the payment tech business Nuve Corp, he got over $140 million total compensation for 2021. What was your reaction to these numbers? Well, that, that number in particular is one of the biggest numbers I think we've seen in Canadian history. But it's also important to realize that a huge part of that compensation package was stock awards and stock options. And just mm-hmm. to help help your listeners who are not as uh, immersed in executive compensation as I am, a stock option is something that allows you to buy a share of stock in the future at a fixed price. So for example, if a company stock is trading at $50 and you receive a stock option to buy it at $50, then that stock goes up to 100. You have something that allows you to buy something that's worth 100 for only $50 and there's great value there. When a company gives their executives those types of awards, they have to put a value on it. They have to estimate it uh, in order to tell the shareholders, hey, this is what we're doing here. And ultimately, a stock award can yield much more for an executive or actually much less. And in the case of this company, uh, their shares have gone down dramatically. So uh, it's not as if the company wrote him a check for $140 million in cash, and he's gone off and, and bought a mega yacht with it. That said, the company intended to give him stock that was reasonably valued at $140 million. And that is an awful lot of money by anybody's standards, and it's particularly large in the history of Canadian CEO pay. Mm-hmm. And we're going to get into the, the stock options because that is a really important part of all this. But I guess just to back up for a second here, I, I wonder about that that 23% number. Uh, mm-hmm. is, is that a normal number? Is, is this increase kind of way out of left field or is this kind of on trend? Well, it's both big and on trend. You know, we calculated these numbers with our partners at a firm called Global Governance Advisors. 
One of the things we found last year when we did this survey coming out of the first year of the COVID pandemic was that that number was about 1.3%. It was a very, by CEO pay standards, it was a very small increase. And so 1.3% to 23% then, is that yes. what? Yes, yeah. Okay. But what, what, and when I talked to the folks who work in executive compensation, I noted, I said, well, you know, if you actually take the two years together, it, it's part of the long-term trend line a very rapidly increasing CEO pay. It's just it was flat for one year, and it seems like we made up all the ground in 2021 by having such a large increase. What does a, a normal year increase look like typically for a CEO? Usually we can count on a CEO pay increases being well above what a normal worker would get for a raise in a year. I think that doesn't surprise anyone. But 23% is an awfully big number. I believe that in the past, we've had raises in the, you know, around 7%, sometimes in the low double digits. But 23% is a really big figure that does reflect that uh, the companies were coming out of COVID and trying to get back to normal and get back on track with the really big raises of of the past. And what was the gender split of these 100 CEOs there? <laughs> I do believe we had four women out of 100 four in this women. group, um, which is unfortunately par for the course. So, so let's dive into this a little bit and maybe we can take an example and kind of break it down to understand how, how a CEO really does get paid here. So if, if there's a specific CEO we can look at, what, what are the elements that, that make up that person's pay? Sure. Let's take a look at Greg Hicks, who's the CEO of Canadian Tire. So Mr. Hicks made just under $7 million last year uh, in total compensation. And only, I say only, but only 1.1 million of that was salary, the fixed amount of money, just like you and I, what do you get in your paycheck every week or every two weeks? Hmm. Most of the rest of his compensation uh, was what companies like to call at-risk compensation. Either it's an annual bonus that can go up and down and or it's stock awards or stock option awards. They also use other stock awards where they give shares in the company to the executive. Sometimes the executives receive them just by staying for a certain number of years. Other times, in order to get those shares, the company has to have some type of performance that they're expecting. Either profits have to go up by a certain amount or sales have to go up by a certain amount, or perhaps the company stock has to do better than the stock of its competitors. So just to get back to the example of Mr. Hicks at Canadian Tire, mm. in 2021, he made that $1.1 million in salary, but then the company gave him stock awards that they estimated as being worth a little less than $1.8 million, and there were some performance criteria on those. And they also gave him stock options, the, those rights to buy the share in the future, and they estimated their value at $1.2 million. Now, hmm. if Canadian Tire stock doesn't go up for years and years and years, or it goes down, ultimately those stock options can't be used and their value becomes zero. Hmm. When they do give them the shares, does that, does that devalue the rest of the shares? Does that affect everyone else's shares in any way? It actually does. There's a concept 
called dilution, which means that the more shares a company issues and puts out in the marketplace, the less your share is worth. It's kind of like a piece of the pie and Mm -hmm. cutting it into smaller pieces. Hmm. Okay, so those are the stock options we talked about. Then you also talked about salary for CEOs. What about that third one? What about the bonuses there? Ordinary folks like us, if we're lucky enough to be part of a bonus program at work, maybe our bonus is 10% of our salary or 20% of our salary. But for CEOs, there's a target set for this bonus, and it's often uh, at least 100% of an executive salary, sometimes more. I've seen examples where the bonus or the incentive pay target is set at, at two or three times salary. And then once you establish, well, what is the target bonus for an executive, then the the next question is, well, wh- how are you going to decide whether they deserve it or not? And most companies now lay out a set of measurements that they're using. Uh, and so once you lay out those criteria, once the year is complete, the board of directors of the company looks at the numbers, looks at the performance of the CEO and says, well, how much of this target are we going to pay out? And quite often, it's a better system than school where 100% is perfect. Most of the time, executives are getting well over 100% of their target when Mm -hmm. these bonuses are calculated. Wow. Okay. So the board is the one that's actually calculating those bonuses. If if we can bring it back to the Canadian tire example there, how much did he get for a bonus that year? Uh, Mr. Hicks got a bonus of just over $2.6 million. And and this was something that I wrote about in the spring when the numbers were first released by Canadian tire, because uh, the company had Uh, set very conservative targets for themselves Mm -hmm. for 2021. And so I asked the company when this came out, what about these goals? Because when the numbers actually came in, they surpassed the maximum possible for the cash bonuses. And Mm -hmm. Mr. Hicks's bonus was three times what he'd made before. And what the Canadian Tire spokeswoman told me was that when they set those targets for 2021, Think about how it was in the fall of 2020. Vaccines were not widely available. They didn't know when the pandemic would end. Um, And they said, you know, we're going to set conservative targets, you know, because of that. Now, what I saw with Canadian Tire and many other companies was once they blew through those conservative targets and the formulas they created said, we're going to give the executives 180 percent of their target bonus or 200 percent of their target bonus. Very few companies stepped back and said, well, should we really give them all that money or should we scale that back? Very few, very few companies made that decision. So why why didn't that happen then with especially with Canadian Tire there? Like why weren't those targets for the bonuses changed once we realized that things were actually looking much better? Well, interestingly, companies don't like to change targets midway through the year. Some in Canada did in 2020 when it became clear that the they weren't going to hit their targets. But uh, interestingly, perhaps, when it became clear that the targets were too low, nobody changed the targets in flight, as they call it, to make them harder. What about the employees of these companies, though, David? What were their pay raises like? 
Well, I suspect they work 23 percent, to be sure. I I mean, I think that a lot of the companies that we've looked at and we've done specific articles on in the last year or two, we've paid particular attention to the companies who are perceived as having frontline workers or hourly workers or people who could not work from home during the pandemic and had to go out there and expose themselves every day, you know, as part of their jobs. And as we've noted in the stories about Canadian Tire and the grocers, uh, in the beginning, there were pandemic bonuses. But as the pandemic went on, those in many ways fell by the wayside. And, uh, you know, it's as if things have gone back to normal for the hourly workers, but the CEOs have reaped the rewards of their increased profits. Hmm. David, the companies that you looked at, they're all publicly traded. Mm-hmm. Do do people who own stock in these companies, do they get any say on how executives at these companies are paid? They absolutely do. And it may come as a shock and surprise to your listeners who who don't keep close tabs on this, that the shareholders of these Canadian companies were overwhelmingly positive this year about this compensation. There is a structure called informally, it's called say on pay. It's more formally called a advisory vote on approach to executive compensation. Mm. And for most companies, not all, but most Canadian companies of large size, they put to a vote their shareholders each spring, say yes or no, do you approve of our approach to how we pay our executives? And uh, the average positive vote for say on pay in Canada was about 90% this year and was not much different from 2020. And these votes are non-binding, which will lead ah. to people to say, well, what's the point? You know, yeah. why are you different? Why, why doing it if the shareholders can't vote no and pull all the money back from the executives? But one of the things it does is allow for that formal feedback and allow the company to get that sense from their shareholders as to whether they've taken the right approach or not. Uh, if a stock goes up, if a stock price goes up for the year, shareholders generally will excuse all sorts of high levels of pay that shock normal people. Uh, the, the median gain in stock price in these 100 companies in our survey this year was 30 percent. And so when the investors see that their investment has gone up 30 percent in a year, they don't get too angry about a CEO making 12 million dollars or 15 million dollars or even 25 million dollars. This uh, this may sound like a basic question, but why do boards agree to pay their executives so much in the first place? And that's a great question because over time it has expanded rapidly. Uh, there are studies that that suggest that the ratio of CEO pay to average worker pay has exploded over the last two or three decades. And part of that has been all of these stock awards that link the, the compensation the performance of the company's stock. But what you hear from every company is that they're in a war for talent and they want to have the best executives in the industry. So they're all in a sort of world where they're chasing the people who they perceive to be the best leaders, uh, paying as much as possible to get them into the companies. And to be quite cynical about it, I think you know the boards of directors of these companies they're not normal people. They are in that world. And when a board 
hires a CEO, it's a reflection on them. And in order to get this great CEO, we've, well, yes, we've paid them a lot of money, but we are winning the war for talent. But, you know, everybody's pay has been going up. And I'm not sure that all of them are the most talented executives in the world. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, we should acknowledge that, you know, running a massive company is is a big job and not everyone is qualified to do it. And there is um, a desire to retain talent at those levels, of course. But I guess what is the takeaway here if we do kind of see these numbers keep climbing? Will, will executive compensation just just keep on ballooning forever and ever and getting bigger and bigger? Yes, it could quite do that. And one of the points that I make when I talk to people about executive compensation is that there's a lot of money in this world chasing uh, more money. There are hedge fund managers who invest money largely for wealthy and sophisticated investors and who individually make a billion dollars a year because they've got investors paying them very large fees trying to get them to perform better than the markets as a whole. I like to joke that compared to some of these hedge fund guys who make a billion dollars a year, the CEOs look like hired help. So when you've got, you know, money managers who are investing shares and uh, and buying stock in company who are making hundreds of millions of dollars a year, then, you know, they're happy to pay a CEO 12 million or 25 million if if they perceive that CEO as, as delivering better than average results. So until hedge fund managers stop making a uh, billion dollars a year, I don't know how we get CEOs to stop making 25 million a year. David, thank you so much for, for taking the time to speak with me today. Good. No, it's a pleasure. I enjoyed being here and happy to help out and uh, let everybody know what's going on in this crazy world of executive compensation. That's it for today. I'm Manika raman Wilms. Our summer producer is Zara Kozema. Our producers are Madeline White, Cheryl Sutherland, and Rachel Levy-McLaughlin. David Crosby edits the show. Kasia Mihailovich is our senior producer, and Angela Pachenza is our executive editor. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll talk to you tomorrow.